Welcome to the Happy Valley Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We are so glad that you have decided to listen to the message that God has brought through Brother Tim this week. This sermon was recorded on Sunday, February 6, 2022, and released on Sunday, February 20, 2022. This week's message is titled, You Can't Pay It Back, So Pay It Forward, and the scripture reference is Romans, chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. My prayer is that this message is a blessing to you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the sermon. Romans 13, 8 through 10. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Now, I was reading through that, and it hit me that there's ten commandments that are negated through that one phrase right there, that sermon. There's a whole world in that little bit. So let's go through this. A woman and her husband came to a pastor and said, we're going to get a divorce. We want to come to make sure that if you you approve of it. There are people who come to the pastor hoping that when they say there's no feeling left in their marriage, the pastor will say, well, if there's no feeling left, then go ahead. That's not how this works. Instead, the pastor says to the husband, the Bible says you're to love your wife as Jesus Christ loves the church. Husband says, well, I can't do that. Well, if you can't begin at that level, then begin on a lower level. You're supposed to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Can you at least love her as you would love a neighbor? Nope, that's still too high a level. The husband says, well, I mean, the pastor says, well, the Bible says love your enemies. Why don't you start there? I mean, you created them. So... A lot of people want to camp out in that very first phrase talking about debt. That's not what this passage of Scripture is about. You can make case for not incurring debt, of course. Uh, this church has made a commitment to not go into debt. Every time we get a chance, we pay off whatever we can to, to stay out of debt. So I hope one day that I'll be debt-free, but this, somewhere in the future maybe. Have you ever owed somebody money? Has an individual ever loaned you money? And every time you see that individual, you think, oh, man, I need to get over there and pay him. It starts eating on you and bugging you. So that's what you think about every time you see that person. So this verse is saying we all ought to look at everyone else, and every time we see another person, we ought to say, you know, I owe that person something. I owe that person love. I owe that person acceptance. I owe that person compassion. I'm indebted to that person. Now, let's, I'm going to ask four questions, and I'm going to answer them, of course. We have this love debt that we owe. So how did we incur this debt? How did we become indebted? Well, Jesus paid our sin debt when we were flat broke. Okay? Jesus paid your sin debt and my sin debt when we were flat broke. Here's the scenario. A holy, righteous, perfect God who demands perfection created a people who had the capacity to sin. And because every one of us at one time in our lives has committed sin, 
We're sinners by nature and by choice. We cannot relate to this holy God. Let me tell you what religion is. Religion is when people like you and others write checks to God to try to buy acceptance. Uh, okay, God, here's communion. Um, I'm reading my Bible, Lord. I'm doing good works. I'm going to church, and I never miss. You think you can buy God off? That's religion. Let me tell you what salvation is. In salvation, God looked at us and saw that we were sinners, and we could never repay the debt that we owe. And so he said, listen, I'm going to send my only son, and he's going to pay your debt for you. So Jesus Christ came to planet Earth, and he was totally sinless. He was all man, and he was also all God. At just the right time at the cross, the Lord Jesus stepped in and said, Father, I know Tim is a sinner. I know those people are sinners, and they'll never be able to pay off the debt that they owe to you. So, Father, I'm going to pay it off myself. I'm going to pay off Tim's debt, and I'm going to pay off everybody else's debt. And then he died. He paid the gold of his blood and the silver of his tears when he died. He was paying my debt to the Father. That's how we incurred this debt. And you, are all, you and I are all indebted because of this. You can't pay God off. We can't buy salvation because Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. So sin has left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Well, that's question number one, how we incurred the debt. So to whom do we repay this debt? Now, the obvious answer is that you pay it back to Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who paid the debt, so we owe it to him, right? Well, of course we owe love to Jesus. But let me show you this. Jesus has designated your neighbors as your creditors. In other words, he said, you know, you know how I want you to pay back this debt. Don't pay it back to me. You pay it back to your neighbors. You have to pay it forward. Look at verse 8 one more time. He says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Have you ever been contacted by one of those bill collecting agencies? You know what I'm talking about. If you don't pay your bills, you're overdue on your bills, the business will turn you over to collection, which will in turn call you. Oh, they're really, really nice about it. They keep calling you up and saying, you owe this, you owe this, you owe this, you owe this. By paying the collection agency, you're paying off that business. Did you know Jesus has done the same thing to every one of us? Jesus said, listen, rather than demanding you repay the debt to me, I have designated him, her, him, her, everybody out there as your collection agency. I want you to pay me off by paying love to those people around you, loving your neighbors. So look at verse 8 again. It says, love one another. The word another is an interesting word. There is one word in Greek language that means another of the same kind. So if it was you know me paying Darren back, hey, we're, we're cool, right? But what if I got to go pay Allah down the road? That's right. Somebody who's different. That's what this actually means. I wish it actually did say that. Because we love other people who wear just the same as us. It's easy to do. They talk like you, smell like you, speak like you. 
they're the kind of people you love because it's easy. The word he uses here is another word. It's called heteros, which means love others who are different. You love people who don't think the way you think, act the way you think. Uh, their faces are a different color. They may not be the same social class as you are. It means you love them. You don't have to be just like you. Who's your neighbor? It's the person who lives next door to you, down the street. Yeah, that's true. How about across town, across the state of Texas, across the world? They're still your neighbors. That's who we repay the debt to. So how do we repay this check? So do we write checks of love, forgiveness to others? Yes, we do. You find someone who needs love and write them out a check of love. Here it is. I'm going to love you. You find someone who hurts you and needs forgiveness. You write them a check of forgiveness. That's how you repay this debt. Love is not some ethereal concept that you just can't grasp. Sometimes we think it is. We just say, I love you. And nobody knows what it means. Love is so practical, it means you don't think of yourself, you think of another person. Someone came up with a list, they called it the love rules. If you're a husband or a wife or parents or children, this is what it means to show love in your family. If you open it, you close it. If you turn it on, you turn it off. If you unlock it, you lock it. If you break it, you fix it. If you can't fix it, you call somebody who can. If you borrow it, you return it. If you use it, you take care of it. If you make a mess, you clean it up. If you move it, put it back where it was. If it belongs to somebody else and you want to use it, ask for permission. If you don't know how to operate it, leave it alone. If it doesn't concern you, just don't mess with it, okay? Have you noticed that all these characteristics in that little love list mean thinking about the other person first? Okay. Some people say that the opposite of love is hate, but that's just not true. The opposite of love is selfishness, self-centeredness, and husbands and wives, as long as you're thinking about yourselves, you really won't love your mate. It's when you start thinking about the needs of your mate, that's when you become a loving marriage partner. Jesus told a story in Matthew 18. Simon Peter came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive somebody who has hurt me? Seven times? Jesus said, hardly. Try 70 times seven. Then Jesus told this story. He said, the kingdom of God is like the king who settled his financial affairs. He called in a servant who owed him $100,000. The king said to the servant, hey, buddy, you owe me $100,000. If you don't pay me, I'm going to throw you in prison. And I'm going to throw your wife in prison. And I'm going to throw your children in prison. Well, the servant fell to his knees and pled for mercy. King, please have mercy on me. Give me time. I'll pay it off. And the king had mercy on him. You know what? I'm so moved by your plea for mercy that not only will I not throw you in jail, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just write it off. I'll forgive the debt. You're free and clear. You don't owe me anything. So this servant walks out of there, runs into another servant that just happens to owe him 10 bucks. And it says the same thing to him. I'm going to throw you in jail. I'm going to throw your wife in jail. I'm going to throw your kids in jail. And, of course, the other servant falls to his knees. Hey, man, please forgive me. Forgive me. I'll, I'll, I'll find a way. I'll come up with the $10 I owe you. Nope, I'm going to put you in jail, he says. Well, the king hears about this, calls him back in. You know what? I'm reinstating your debt. 
Okay? If you have, don't have the capacity to forgive, then why should I forgive you? And that's, what, that's what God's telling us. We have to forgive. So how do we repay God for forgiveness? He's shown it to us. It was a $100 trillion debt that he paid for us. And we're not wanting to forgive a five-buck debt. You better be quick to forgive them because you've been forgiven. So what are the benefits of repaying this debt? Love satisfies all of God's commandments. It satisfies all of them. You know, there are a couple of ways you can go through life. You can go through life trying to keep all of God's commandments. Of course, first, there's the Ten Commandments that we all know pretty much by heart. But also, in the Old Testament, there's 613 other commandments. So let's take our list. And every day, we've got to check off this list. Well, I did that, did that. Uh-oh. Didn't make it today. So it's pretty rough, right? 623 different check marks you got check marks you got to mark off every day. So, there you go. The better way is just throw that list away. All the commandments are summarized in love. You know, the first four commandments, the 10 commandments deal with the personal relationship with God. And Jesus said, "You want to keep your first four commandments?" Love your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your being. And if you do that, then you won't have to worry about taking his name in vain. You don't have to worry about worshiping other graven images, having other gods before him. Just love him and all these other commandments. The last six have to do with our personal relationships with each other. Don't commit adultery. Honor your parents. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't covet. So forget the list. Just love the people. That's why... Love is the greatest commandment of all. I've heard people guilty of committing adultery. They say, you know, we just couldn't help it. We love each other too much. I don't believe that. They didn't love each other too much. They loved God too little and loved their mate too little. Don't blame love for that. The Bible says love doesn't do that kind of stuff. Love always thinks about how it's going to affect the other person. So he says, love your neighbors as you love whom? Yourself. You know, I just wish you had something like this. Love your neighbor like you love Jesus? Easy, man. Love your neighbor like you love your mate? Awesome. Love your neighbor like you love yourself? Uh, I struggle with that. If somebody gave me a big button to wear that said, I want to love you the way Jesus loves me, I'd wear that all day. If they gave me a big button that says, I want to love you the way that I love Jesus, Wear that one too. If somebody gives you a button that says, I want to love you the way I love myself, uh, right? It's just not quite, yeah. I don't know if I'd wear that. Because there's something about it that just bothers us. Let's be honest. You'll never be set free to love other people until you accept yourself for who you are in Jesus Christ. You and I both know the sickest person in the world and the most hateful, hurtful people in the world are people who really don't like themselves. Because they really don't like themselves, they can't love anybody else. Gloria Gaither at one of the Gaither concerts said, Hey, you're not a worm, nor are you a wonder. Don't think too little or too highly of yourself. You're not a worm, you're not a wonder. What you are is a bundle of possibilities in Jesus Christ. Then she led everyone in singing a little chorus that went, I am loved, I am loved, I can't risk loving you. For one who knows me best loves me the most. 
Think about that. If God who knows you and me better than anybody else knows us, if he loves us, we ought to be set free enough to accept others and love others. So I'll finish with this little short story. Opal Wetsit is a Christian writer. One night she was in a Greyhound bus between Flagstaff, Arizona and Albuquerque, New Mexico. It was a cold February night and the bus stopped in a small Indian community. A young American Indian teenager boarded the bus and sat down behind her. Maybe it was the warmth of the bus or the rocking motion, but she could tell by his breathing he was soon asleep. Sometime later, he woke and ran down the aisle to ask about a certain stop where he was supposed to get off. The driver snapped back and said, we passed that stop a long time ago. Why didn't you get off then? The young, woman went back to, uh, the young man went back to his seat and she could tell that he was anxious and upset. He got back up and walked back to the driver and said, stop the bus and let me get off and I'll walk back to where I was supposed to be. The bus driver said, no, it's too cold and it's too far. You'd freeze. You've got to ride the bus all the way into Albuquerque, then catch another bus back to your stop. The young man sat down in the seat behind Opal. She could tell he was upset. She turned around to the young man and never, she'd never met before and said, are you afraid? Is there anything I can do to help? He said, I don't know what to do. I've never been to Albuquerque. And besides, I don't have any money. They're going to make me pay again and I don't have, know what to do. She said, well, listen, don't worry. You just stick with me. When we get to Albuquerque, I'll make sure you get on the right bus. And if they want to charge you, which they shouldn't do, I'll buy your ticket. Then Opal went up and talked to the bus driver and explained the situation. She said, can you make sure the next bus he gets on, that they don't charge him to take him back to where he needs to go? Well, the bus driver finally agreed. Opal went back, sat down, and turned to the young man behind her and said, it's all taken care of, don't you worry. Everything's going to be okay. After riding for about 10 minutes, in total silence, Opal felt a tap on her shoulder. She turned around and a young man leaned forward and asked her this question. He said, ma'am, are you a Christian? Has anybody ever asked you that? Because you see, when we show the kind of unusual love to people, they know. So if you ever see that kind of love or want to, show that kind of love, we need to come forward and, and kneel at the altar and pray about it, get into it. The best thing about being a Christian is just being one. Thank you for listening to the message today. I pray that you know Jesus as your personal Savior. If you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior and would like to talk with someone, we would love to talk with you. We are in the Carlsbad, New Mexico area at 4103 West Texas Street. Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday morning services start at 10.45 a.m. We also have a Wednesday night Bible study that meets at 6 p.m. We encourage you to get connected to a local church in your community and get involved in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. To stay up to date on all the happenings at Happy Valley Baptist Church, you can go to facebook.com slash hvbcnm. That is facebook.com slash hvbcnm as in Happy Valley Baptist Church, New Mexico. To find additional podcast sermons, you can go to podcast.hvbcnm.org. Thank you and God bless.